Hey, this is Greg Knapp, coming up today on the podcast. Changing is hard, but not changing is worse. And best-selling author and keynote speaker Bob Berg on how real success comes from being a go-giver, not a go-getter. Ready? Let's go. You know how you sometimes feel stuck? Like you're drifting through life, going through the motions? You know you were created for something more, that an average life just isn't enough for you. Then you're in the right place. Find your purpose. Live your passion. Let's go. Okay, I've got some bad news for you. Changing is hard. But I got some good news for you. Not changing is worse. Shh, Greg, you're not supposed to tell people it's hard. It's supposed to be easy if you just follow my five-step plan and send me 99.99. But it's the truth. Changing is hard. We know it. Changing, learning, growing. It's scary. It's hard. If it was easy, everybody would do it. But, you know, hey, if you still want to send me 99.99, you can if you want. But the question is, why is it so hard and scary to change? I love what James Belasco and Ralph Steyer said about it. Change is hard because people overestimate the value of what they have and underestimate the value of what they may gain by giving that up. You know, even if what we're doing isn't getting us everything we want, it's getting us something. It's comfortable. It's not that bad. I mean, we're getting by. We're making a living. We've created habits. We start shooting on ourselves, right? You should do this. You should do that. You shouldn't do this. That gets messy pretty fast. I shouldn't be so selfish in wanting more than I have. I should feel lucky I have a job. I should stop dreaming about things that will never happen. We start believing the worst that could happen. I could lose my job, my home, declare bankruptcy, get divorced, end up living in a van down by the river. You know, all these things work against us. So why should I even try to change? Why should I even try to grow and learn? Because it's worth it. You know, the first step towards getting somewhere is to decide that you're not going to stay where you are. When I was a little boy, I wanted to make a big change. I mean, I wanted to stop riding with the training wheels and ride the big boy bike. I was scared of getting hurt, but I really wanted to learn. My older brother taught me. We lived on a hilly street. My brother had me get on the bike at the top of the hill, and he would run alongside me holding the bike until we stopped in our driveway, and then we'd walk the bike back to the top of the hill, and we'd start the whole thing again. I started getting pretty good. And the next time down the hill, man, I was feeling great. I was really moving. I turned into my driveway. I was hurtling towards the closed garage door. And I yelled to my brother, Dave, stop. Stop. Dave, stop. Bam. I crashed right into the garage door. See, my brother thought I was doing so well that he could just let go of the bike and quit running beside me. The problem was he didn't tell me that. And he had never taught me how to stop. Man, it hurt. I mean, I had a big old lump on the side of my head. But what I didn't say was, well, that bike riding stuff hurts. I'm never doing that again. No, I wanted to ride the big boy bike. I didn't want training wheels. I wanted to keep up with all the other kids. I wanted to be miles from my house with my parents having no idea where I was. Remember when you could do that? Your parents didn't think you were going to get snatched? Man, those were the days. So, instead of giving up, I went and put my football helmet on. This is before everybody wore bike helmets. And I got back on my bike. I learned how to ride my bike, and man, it was glorious. 
And it also taught me how important pushing through the pain to make a change is. Now, you might not have a brother who rammed you into a closed garage door. Thanks, Dave! But I bet you fell a few times learning to ride your bike. And I also bet that didn't stop you from learning to ride. So let me ask you, why did you risk getting hurt again? Why didn't you just give up? And it's because we all know that short-term pain is worth the long-term gain. So I got a question for you. What do you want to change? What do you want to learn? What do you want to do? I know it's scary and hard. You will fail. You will fall. You will get hurt for a short time, but it'll be worth it. Imagine how it could change your life. On to part two. So today, I want to talk about how your success is really based on how you serve. And for that, I'm bringing in Bob Berg. He is the best-selling author, multiple books. He's the co-author of the international bestseller, The Go-Giver. And it's turned into a series of books now, and the latest is The Go-Giver Influencer. Now, Bob's also a speaker, and I really love this. Bob says, I believe the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people you serve. Bob, how are you doing today? Great, Greg. Thanks so much for having me on your show. Oh, man, my pleasure. Hey, let's go right to the title of the book, The Go-Giver. I mean, it's not The Go-Getter. So what do you mean, The Go-Giver? Yeah, so uh, a go-giver is simply someone who understands that they've learned or maybe they already, they always intuitively knew that shifting your focus, and this is really the key, Greg, uh, shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others. Understanding that doing so is not only a... Um, uh, a nice way, a pleasant way of conducting business. It's the most financially profitable way as as, as well. Um, and you know, it's it's funny because we said because it's about the you know the focus being on the giving, not the getting or not the receiving. But when you when you provide immense value to others constantly and consistently, you will receive uh, plenty. Uh, we we always say money is an echo of value but it begins with the focus being on the giving part. Yeah. And that's kind of the paradox. The more you give, the more you get. And it's hard to wrap your brain around it until you start doing it. And then there are people that sometimes fake it. And I don't think you can fake it for long and have it continue to work for you. You have to really want to help people, right? You have to really want to give. You can't just say, well, I'm going to give. So I get. <laughs> exactly. For it to be sustainable, it, it's got right. to be part of you. It's got to be congruent with your values. And it's not that there aren't people who who don't fake it and fake it successfully for a while. And some, hey, they fake it for a long time, but uh, they have to work awfully hard because people, <laughs> because people understand that they really don't care so much about them as the, you know, the customer as they do about them themselves. So, you know, the question comes down to why is it then that when you really focus on the other person, that it's so that it is actually so profitable, and it really comes down. And there's nothing, uh, uh, you know, uh, woo woo about it or magical or mystical. But you know, when I when I speak at sales conferences, I'll often begin by saying, "Nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota." 
to meet. Right. Right. They're not going to buy from you because you need the money or even because you're a really nice person. They're going to buy from you because they believe they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And you know, Greg, that's the only reason anyone should buy from you, from me or from anyone else. Right. The nice thing about that is it is, is that it, it makes it incumbent upon the salesperson, the entrepreneur, the business person to actually put that other person's interest first, to focus on that other person, knowing that to the, to the degree you're able to communicate value to them, that's the degree you're probably going to earn their business. Yeah, and when you do, and you and you really start to mean it, and you see that success, it's a lot more fun. Like you said, you're now you're having fun. You're like, man, I'm serving these people. I'm coming up with new ways to add value to what they need, and and it becomes really fun. And you start making more money, and then people start to like you better, and you like them better. Oh man, it's awesome. We often say when you do this, your business becomes a lot less stressful, a lot more fun <laughs> and yeah. a lot more profitable. So you hit it right on the head. Absolutely. And it's sustainable this way. Talking to Bob Berg, author, co-author of The Go-Giver, you can go to thegogiver.com to find out all the information. You can even, I think, get a download of a couple chapters for yeah. free to check it out. Is that right, uh -huh. Bob? Absolutely. Fantastic. Okay. Now, I love the idea of The Go-Giver. I'm 100% in on it. That's how I run my business. Because here's a question I get from people. I'm worried. I'm just going to give so much that people are going to take advantage of me. How do I, how do I make sure I'm not taken advantage of? So, and that's such a great question. And I think when you first hear the title, the go giver, that would come to mind, you know, if you haven't read the book and, and understand the, you know, the, the, the basic uh, premise and, and so forth. So uh, let me just say this, being a go giver is in no way to be confused with being a doormat, with being uh, a martyr, or with being self-sacrificial. It simply means you understand that your job is to provide value to another human being, to provide value to the marketplace, to focus on that. You know, if you find yourself constantly being taken advantage, of, nah, I'm, yeah, I mean, hey, in life, it's gonna happen sometimes, right, to all of us. But if you find it's a pattern, something that happens all the time, it's not because you're being a good person or because you're providing, it's because you're doing things in a certain way that allow you to be taken advantage of. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and Bob, the point I was going to make right along with what you're saying is being a go-giver means, you know, providing great value with your product or service, providing great value to your customer. That doesn't mean you're doing it for free. People expect to pay, right? right? I mean, you know, so people I think get twisted up means, oh, if I'm a go-giver, I have to discount my price or if I'm a go-giver. No, no. In fact, go-givers tend to charge at the upper end of the uh, price spectrum because they're selling on immense value, not price. Bingo. When you, you know, when you, uh, especially in today's world where it really is so commoditized, uh, if you're trying to play the low price game, uh, it's just not a productive way to do business. It's not profitable. It's not sustainable. It's certainly not, not fun. You're undervaluing yourself. Uh, when you sell on price, you're a commodity. When you sell on value, you're a resource. And that's what you want to be. Absolutely. You get in the price thing. It's a race to the bottom. And then you're it mad sure at your is. customer, right? You're, you're like, you're yeah. taking advantage of me. This I'm, I'm, a, you know, yeah, absolutely. Well, they'll also leave you for the next person who offers even a lower price. Yeah. Just like uh, that. Absolutely. Yeah. Whereas if you're doing it with the go-giver model, then they become raving fans. And, yeah, exactly. Right. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're not going to leave you for a, 
somebody who has a little bit of a discount. I mean, I'm sure you have people like that. I do, Bob, that there's certain companies I do business with that they are so great and they give me exactly what I want on time every time. There would have to be a huge difference in price before I'm leaving them. Yeah, uh, ab- absolutely. Um, uh, you're, you know, you're, you're right on, right on the money. Bob Berg with me here. The Go-Giver is the name of the book, thegogiver.com. Now, I love how you talk about being an entrepreneur and not just being an entrepreneur if you're starting your own business, but you can be an entrepreneur anywhere. Explain that to us. Well, sure. You know, we think of the entrepreneur as that person who is in business for themselves. They they take a risk financially, time-wise, energy-wise. They do all the those things, and that's, you know, that's and that's a fantastic thing. Um, but even if you work within another company, you may not be an entrepreneur in that, in the literal sense of the word, but you're certainly an intrapreneur. Okay. So you're an entrepreneur within another organization, but just like the entrepreneur survives because they are able to take care and provide immense value to their customers, which is the end user as an entrepreneur, your customers may be internal. It might be the other people on the team. It might be your supervisor, your ultimate employer, or it might be uh, directly or indirectly the end user. But in whatever way you need to provide value to others, it's the same. You know, again, like we said, people don't aren't going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. No one's going to hire you or keep you and keep paying you because you have a mortgage payment to meet. They're going to do so because you're providing value to them in the way they need you to provide value that makes it well worth it, that makes it so worthwhile to them that they wouldn't think of not keeping you. Yeah, and you can do that with your customer even if you're not running the business because you have control over how you treat them. You have, yep, you have total control over how you op- how you. Operate, right? Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, you do it within. Obviously, in ter- when I say operate, uh, if you're within another company, obviously, there's things you need to do with them. But I mean, in terms of your focus, Absolutely. when your focus is on doing more than expected, when your focus is on excellence, consistency, attention, empathy, appreciation, all those things we call elements of value, you make yourself so valuable uh, that you know you you create obviously a benevolent context for your success. Absolutely. We're talking with Bob Berg. The book is called The Go-Giver. You can go to thegogiver.com. Don't forget, if you have a question for the show you want me to talk about, you can email it to me or you can call me. The email is greg at gregorybnapp.com. That's Gregory B as in boy, K-N-A-P-P.com. The number is 904-373-6591. Just leave the voicemail. I might even put you right into the show. And all of this information is in the show notes of the podcast as well. Go to my website, gregorybnapp.com. I've got a free ebook for you there, Five Steps to Finding Your Passion and Purpose. It'll just pop up when you go to the website, gregorybnapp.com. And we're talking about the message in The Go-Giver and how you can use it in your business, your career. Bob, you have five laws that you go over in the book. Can you walk us through that kind of quickly? Sure. The laws themselves are the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. Uh, Law number one, the law of value, which says your true worth in in the business sense, of course, is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. But again, 
Um, that doesn't mean you're not making a profit. When we say give more in value than you take in payment, uh, we simply mean, we, we first we need to understand the difference between price and value, right? Mm -hmm. Because price is a dollar figure, it's a dollar amount. Value is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something to the end user or beholder. So what is it about this thing, this product, service, what have you, that brings so much worth or value to someone that they will willingly exchange their money for it and be glad they did while you make a very healthy profit. A Can I jump example. in on that, Bob, for just a second? Sure, go ahead. go ahead. I think, I think people have a problem with that. And what, I totally agree with you because I've said to people, uh, people say to me, hey, Tiger Woods, when he was at his heyday, I can't believe he just made $3 million today. And you're like, no, 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 he didn't make $3 million today. He made $3 million because he's been playing golf for five to eight hours a day since he was three years old. Exactly. Uh, all that time is what's added up to the experience and the skill that he has to win that $3 million today. And it's the same thing for you and me and everybody else is, Bob, you make your money at speaking, not because you spoke for an hour, but because of everything you've done leading up to that point, mm -hmm. all the experience you have, everything you're going to give in that talk that if people put it into their life, just one little nugget you give them could increase their business by 20% over the year. What is that? A couple hundred thousand dollars for some people, a million dollars. Yeah. That's a lot of value. That's why you're getting paid. Yeah. Well, that that's exactly it. And you know, we can, we can take a, um, uh, an example that, that maybe people are used to, uh, every day, you know, you take an accountant who, who, um, you hire to do your taxes. And let's say uh, he or she charges you $1,000, okay? That's the price. But they save you $5,000 in taxes. Mm -hmm. uh, they save you countless hours of time, and they provide you with the security and the peace of mind of knowing it was done correctly. So they gave you well over $5,000 in value in exchange for a $1,000 fee or price. Well, you came away much better off than you were beforehand, right? You feel great about it, but that accountant also made a very, very healthy profit because to them, it's well, very profitable to them to charge $1,000 for the hours of work it took right there to do it, which of course was hours and hours of training and experience and everything, but for the time that they invested in that. So uh, in fact, in a free market-based exchange, when I say free market, I simply mean no one is forced to do business with anyone else. People do right. business, buy and sell, on their own volition. In a, a free market-based exchange, there are always two profits, the buyer profits and the seller profits, because each comes away better off afterwards than they were beforehand. Exactly. And if they didn't, they wouldn't do the exchange. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's um, so that's really the law of value in a nutshell. Now, the, the law of compensation takes it to a, a step, takes it a step further. Uh, this says your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So where law number one says to give more in value than you take in payment, law number two says that the more people whose lives you touch with the exceptional value you provide, the more money with which you'll be rewarded. Uh, your accountant uh, did a great job of giving more in value than he took in payment. So if, if you're his client, you feel great about him, you do business with him again, and you would refer him to others. Uh, his other clients feel the same way. So our accountant is very quickly amassing an army of personal walking ambassadors. 
And as he continues to add that kind of exceptional value to the, to the lives of more and more people, his income will continue to grow and grow. So where law number one is your potential income, law number two is your actual income. It's all about how many lives you impact with that value. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, law number three, the law of influence says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Uh, again, not in a self-sacrificial way, not in a, a doormatty way. It simply means that the golden rule of business is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you and others than by genuinely moving from an I focus or me focus to an other focus. Or as Sam, one of the mentors in the story, told Joe the protege, making your win all about the other person's win. Mm -hmm. Then we get to law number four, which you talked about earlier, which is so important, the law of authenticity, right? It must be authentic because, you know, in, in one of the characters in the book uh, shared the, the lesson that she learned, and that was that all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are, and they are very important, but they're all for naught if you don't come across from your true authentic core. But when you do, Greg, when you do, people feel good about you. They feel great about you. They feel safe with you. They know you. They like you. They love you. They trust you. They want to be in relationship with you. They want to tell others about you. And then law number five is the law of receptivity, which really brings it on home. It says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. This means nothing more than that we breathe out, yeah, but we also breathe in. We breathe out, which is giving. We breathe in, which is receiving. And despite the so many negative messages from the world around us uh, when it comes to, to money and abundance and prosperity, so many negative messages out there, uh, the fact is that giving and receiving are not opposite concepts. They're simply two sides of the very same coin and they work together in tandem. Uh, so you're not a giver or a receiver, you're a giver and a receiver, but yes. you understand the laws of nature, which says, you know, the focus needs to be on the giving. <laughs> and when it is, and you create that, that environment for receiving, now you've got to allow yourself to receive. Yeah, I love it. It's great stuff. Those are the five laws. I know it's a lot. If you're listening right now and you're going, whoa, that's a lot. I, I can't take notes that fast. Go to thegogiver.com and okay. it's all in the book and you'll have that forever. Uh, I, I just can't say enough about books. I love books. I can't Me believe too. I meet people that say I don't read anymore. I know. Uh, Isn't can that you, something? How can you not read? So, but listen, <laughs> if you if you don't like to read, you can get it on audio too, yeah. right, Bob? Yeah, absolutely. So, so go to thegogiver.com. I mean, that's another way to read. I turn my car into Mobile University every day, so I'm, I'm big into that. You mentioned in the book, The Mentor, we've only got about a minute and a half left, a minute left. I, a lot of people want mentors, and they're like, Greg, I don't know how to get a mentor, how to pick one and how to even approach them. What's your advice on that? Well, I'd say one thing not to do is just, you know, 
go up and ask someone to be your mentor, mm -hmm. unless you already have a great relationship with them, but you probably don't. And there's a lot of people who already, but what you can do with anyone is you can ask for some advice. And you, the way I would do it is I'd frame it by saying or writing or, you know, however you do it, um, that I understand you are very busy. So if this is not appropriate, I would absolutely understand. Uh, but I would love to ask you one or two very specific questions. Yeah. And most people will respond very well to that because what you're doing is you're telling them, I'm not going to waste your time. I'm not just picking your brain, right? I'm, I have one or two very specific questions. And most people will respect, and not everybody will, not everybody has to, but most people will. And then after they give you that advice, you send a, a, a personalized handwritten note and maybe you make a donation, a small donation to their favorite charity, which you can look up very easily online and make it in their name and let, so that they'll know that you respected the process and you can always then come back to them again later. And maybe, and if, if over time a relationship, a mentor protege relationship is supposed to build. It Great will. stuff. Great advice. Bob Berg, author of the go giver, best-selling author and speaker. You can go to thegogiver.com, get your copy, check it out. Really appreciate your time, Bob. Uh, remember you can go to my website, gregorybnap.com. And don't forget to email me, greg at gregorybnap.com, with a question or a comment. I'll put it right in the notes and, uh, sorry, in the show. And 904-373-6591 is where you could leave your voicemail. Bob, thanks again for being with me. Thank you, Greg. Great being with you. Oh, thanks, man. All the best. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review it for us. I urge you to go to my website and get my free book. The website is gregorybnap.com and a little pop-up thing will come up there and it's my free ebook five steps to finding your passionate purpose you can also call with a question or comment 904-373-6591 and i might even put you right into the show all of this information is in the show notes find your purpose live your passion let's go